under the blanket. We were one. But we didn't know any longer of who's who or what's what. Whose responsibility is which or whose palm is warmer. We were just a huddled mess. Hanging on to each other. And share of everything. Into one. She added me. As I added her. Bliss and burden all. Yet not everything has to double. Hi, welcome back. I hope you're doing well. And if you're not, that's fine too. Honestly, there could be better things to do out there rather than being here, but I think being here is fine too. So, uh, once more, I suggest you to relax, make yourself as comfortable as you will, and we can start being useless again. <laughs> so yeah, this was one of the most recent writing I did. It's one of the shorter ones, but I like it nonetheless. Funny thing was, when I showed this passage to one of my friends, he asked whether I just got late or something. As unlikely as that is, and as sad as the previous statement was, let me tell you a bit about why I wrote this even without the existence of a romantic partner. Yet. What makes a relationship appealing? It can be either platonic, it can be business as usual. Of course the thought of romance is always there, hovering about endlessly. And although I struggled with socialization as any normal teenager would, wasting their perpetual energy on useless things, asking whether I acted cool enough in front of a girl I probably wouldn't remember after I graduate. Back then, I never really understood why we have to build a relationship with other people. Moreover, every adult was so adamant about it. Build connections so you have people helping your career in the future. Make friends because that's the right thing to do. But to me, relationships were a hassle, a major one. Let's head back to middle school, for example. You might have to remember a few embarrassing moments of the past, but I suggest you cherish it. Okay, so back in middle school, I remembered that there were these faces where one certain somewhat attractive female student will be locked in the scope of every boys. And then we'll have this wave of hormonal impulsivity where everyone says that they like that one girl. That girl basically becomes the trend. It's almost as similar as the changing of seasons. Inevitable, like nature. Because a couple of months later, this will continue, and another somewhat attractive female student will replace and become the next trend. Now, to be honest with you, I was just as clueless as everyone else around early middle school. 
I think middle school is that one phase where everyone is accepted to be dumb. We were still so emotional and so egotistical, I would say. So I too have thought that I genuinely was in love with a somewhat attractive female student that I've never spoken with. And uh, I may not have been able to make any continuation of that fallacious emotion, but some others did. A girl that was at the trend at the moment occasionally publicized her newfound romance with some other somewhat attractive male student, which were usually loud and noisy. <laughs> I know it's stereotypical, but that's the truth. But where did that kind of relationship ever go to? How do they end up? My memory may fail me, but I don't think that there has been any that held up to the hype, you know, standing strong through the test of time. Those relationships usually fade as similarly as how they started, inevitable like the changing seasons. Now, you may say, well, that's obvious, they were dumb kids, so were you. I know, it's obvious. Not even something like friendship usually stood through the test of time. So how can something with more commitment, something that demands more commitment, have a better chance? But that's not exactly where I'm getting at. The process might have been different as I've grown older. As I observe my peers, they don't really make one girl a particular trend for everyone to fall in love with, nor that they make it as big as a deal as it used to be. I expect that those kinds of things will eventually disappear as we accumulate experience. Where I was heading to is the fact that many relationships still fail regardless. No matter where I go, no matter how old the couple in question is, why can't they hold up? Their relationships are just as flimsy as kids who were having troubles with acne. Even when the state of their relationship is directly correlated to the well-being of people outside of that relationship, even with such a heavy responsibility as the foundation to that relationship, why does it fail? Why do lovers fall out of love? Why do parents divorce? I don't get it. You could probably tell from the way I question things and from the way I talk. I'm not very sociable, although I'm not all that hated. Maybe I just don't know. <laughs> but throughout both middle school and high school, I thought relationships as a hassle. That thought might still linger as I was writing the script. I've tried to retrace and analyze how a relationship is firstly formed. The exact processes might be different, but I figured that they always start through one thing. Importance. Well, I'm not quite sure if that is the most correct word to thoroughly describe what I'm trying to say. Apologies, uh, English is not my first language. 
but the importance here means that there are concerns, matters of consequences, something that needs to be dealt with. Throughout what I've observed, a relationship starts when both parties recognize that there's an intersecting importance agreed upon. Now that previous sentence might sound super complicated, but just imagine that you're in a biology class and the teacher gave you a randomized group to work on a project. Within that group exists that importance, the need to do a collaborative work with these randomized members. And with such a premise, a relationship may start. Of course, importance doesn't always come in a form of coincidence. Most of the time, importance can be made up too. Like let's say if you forgot your dictionary for the foreign language class you're going to, so you borrowed the dictionary from that one specific girl instead of asking from other available sources. The importance there is that you needed the dictionary. The girl agreed to lend you the dictionary and needs it to be returned. Both parties accepted the importance and therefore a relationship may start. Uh, simple enough, right? Yeah, but the hassle about a relationship is how you continue it. And not just that, it's about knowing whether you should or should not continue it. That biology project you did with your group members. One guy in that group might be so competent that he basically did everything on his own. His capabilities might interest you enough to befriend him after the project is done, therefore creating a relationship through an importance. But just because he is intelligent, and let's say in this case you have the same level of intelligence as he does, doesn't mean that you two can develop a worthwhile relationship. By borrowing that eventually returning dictionary, you created an importance that can't increase the amount of information you have on the girl, and therefore, the importance usually does not bloom into any further relationship, and the interaction would end as the dictionary is returned. And I think that's a recurring problem. How are you going to determine compatibility, preference, acceptance, etc. with such a short time frame and so little information in order to gauge the perfect individual for a certain type of relationship? You combine that fact with the relatively limited amount of stamina and attention that a human has, and you get yourself a damn lottery. Your limited number of resources means that it's improbable to befriend and power your way through every individual and personality just to see which relationship falls and which one is still standing. Unless you're a social animal that can keep consuming social stimulation like an addict. I mean, I don't know if they exist, but I'm joking. So, uh, in conclusion, is that it? Are relationships a lottery? A game of chance? Those luckier meet their tribe and those unluckier fated to be alone and wander about in uncertainty. Those even more unlucky would have to spend an enormous investment of energy emotion and thoughts to be paid back with failure. 
This caused a conflict within me. A clash between the desire of companionship and the fear of failure. A tug of war between the validity of the relationship's conception and the appeal of the relationship regardless of its development. But I ended with the answer that yes, uh, yeah, it is, I guess. It is a resounding yes, actually. Relationships are a lottery, a game of chance. And I don't think it matters, even if it is. I'm thinking back of the me that hasn't accepted the fact that relationship just might be a game of chance. I felt quite dumb associating relationships and lottery as something equal. Because although winners and losers are just as present in relationships, just as in lotteries, the valuation of each wins and losses are not the same in the slightest. There's a broad spectrum of how winning and losing can be defined here. Because in a relationship, not having one with a certain individual can be a total win. That means failure of a relationship can be interpreted as success depending on the variables surrounding it. In lotteries, however, it's either you bought the winner or you're just another victim of a scam. But then why was I so troubled by it? Why is there so many people that stray away from buying that ticket? What made it seem so much of a dangerous gamble? For me, it was fear. A misplaced one. Something that may just be more common than what we expect. Problems do not discriminate. Every each and one of us have them. Problems that might exist internally or externally, yet they discord us nonetheless. And in the commitment of continuing a relationship, as we level up the bond gradually, everything will come to light. The things we thought we can hide, the things we didn't even know existed. We don't want parts of ourselves to be uncovered, start naked, in full honesty. I think that every relationship must have these moments where pieces of both parties are revealed. They are revealed and judged under a perspective that isn't yours, but they still matter to you. And as you worry about the other party's perception, you too do the same to them. A relationship is where you share cute animal videos and when you feel obligated to share the chips you bought at a grocery store. You'll probably be happy together and laugh together, but you'll run out of snacks double time. Some people are just not ready for that. I was not ready for that. I want to have a genuine relationship. I think everyone does. Everyone wants to have that reliability and security. A person or a group that they can rely on. 
a home they can always go to regardless of importance. And that also means that you'll share your worst bits with each other. That also means that they'll have to burden your problems as you burden theirs. Doesn't that terrify you? When you think that you can't even handle your own problems. What makes you think you have the right to take the burden of others? And how irresponsible of you to burden your problems to others and expect them to help you with it. Because that's how relationships are. You might not ask them for help, but they'll go out of their way to do so. You keep asking them to not worry, but they'll just become more worried. I think that's what a genuine relationship is. It is a perpetual restructuring. A continuous struggle and a continuous endeavor to try to understand as more and more pieces come to play. Two parties that are exposed to the same material but have different perceptions on them. There's no way we can understand each other. And that scares me sometimes. How I'll disappoint how I'll eventually lose them by squeezing every last drop of their energy just by being their friends or lover. I can imagine that some problems are just that difficult to solve. That you and correlatedly the relationship that you have stress about them without stop. How long will this one last? How long will it be before we drift apart? Relationships are such a hassle. That's why I kept them at a level where both parties don't need to show the cards they have in their hands. We don't need to burden each other with anything. It was fear. A fear that was understandable, but utterly misplaced. Because it's like playing old maid. But this time both parties have the joker, so what does it matter? Relationships, although it may result in winners or losers, it is not a game to search for winners. A game would always have a definitive result. A relationship does not. They continue without the time frame. On and on and on. And therefore, what would be left? Now that I've blabbered about this for so long, trying to reason about every parts of a relationship that I can, I found that there's not much reason as to not try and to pursue a genuine relationship. As I think more about how the start of every relationship is based off a matter of self-beneficial importance, the more content I am to open up for a possibility. And along its development, the more I realize that the failure of a relationship is actually not quite existent in a traditional definition, I become more willing to seek new levels with those relationships. 
because at the end of the day, nobody wants to have superficiality. Everyone wants to have someone to share something with. By doing so, happiness somehow doubles. Yet instances of grief do not have to, even when both parties are burdened by each other's problems. She added me as I added her, bliss and burden all, yet not everything has to double. I think that's what makes a relationship appealing, the chance to share every single thing. So uh, yeah, I still question why relationships crumble, I'll probably talk more about it in the future. Regardless of it though, the more I think about relationships, it becomes less and less terrifying. Out of all this ramble, that's what I'm trying to say, I guess. But then again, what do I know? <laughs>